This podcast is also brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is so easy to use. It's simple, it's fast, it's effective. It's the easiest way to distribute your podcast to every major platform and in the quickest way. I've gone through other websites to host podcasts, and it's a pain in the butt. Anchor does it for you. Join Anchor.fm and do your podcast the right way. And if you're looking to start a podcast, contact one of us at ATV Sports, as we're looking for podcasters for nearly every professional sports team right now. If you think you'd be a good fit, you can also apply at our website, www.atbsports.net. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. This is The Lake Effect. I'm your host, Chandler Adams. This is episode 23. Thank you all for tuning in. We've got a lot of cool things to cover today. I want to start with um, Baker Mayfield on Daniel Jones with GQ Magazine. Uh, so Baker went to Instagram last night. to For all of you that didn't hear about it, which is, seems impossible at this point, Baker apparently said... Um, something along the lines of, I can't believe they took Daniel Jones at six overall. And, you know, sometimes you're overthinking it, you just got to win. Well, then Baker went to Instagram saying he didn't say that. So either GQ is lying or Baker's lying. And I look at it like this. I don't give a hot damn whether he said it or not. If he did say it, I'm laughing because he's saying what everyone in the media is saying. That Daniel Jones was a reach at six. If he didn't say it, I don't really give a shit. I I don't want to talk about it. That's why I brought it up. I think it needs to be a non-story. Unfortunately, things that happen within Cleveland sports are never a non-story. Partially because us Cleveland fans kind of throw a little gasoline on the fire. And... Media members like Colin Cowturd and people like that love to keep throwing matches at us. Um, But I want to, the first thing I actually do want to kind of analyze and cover is this whole wide receiver room situation. The Browns signed Braxton Miller today, uh, a very good runner, talented guy. He won't make the team. He won't even sniff the 53-man roster. Now, I guess I could be wrong, but I would wager a lot of money that he wouldn't make the roster. I look at it, and he's ninth best receiver on our roster right now, maybe. You got Odell, obviously, is the most talented receiver we have. Um, Then I would have Jarvis, Higgins, Callaway, Willie's, Jalen Strong, Damian Ratley. We haven't seen much of him because of injuries. Uh, he's very talented, very fast for his size. David Mc- DJ Montgomery has been fantastic in the opportunities he's gotten this camp and preseason. Um, you know, Hyman's done some cool, made some plays. A bigger guy and. I 
you know, you think you'd bring Braxton Miller in for as a return specialist. But Sheehy, when given the opportunity to return that kick, recorded the fastest speed in the preseason that week. He's working at 3 in the morning on his football skills. He's younger than Braxton. He's probably faster than Braxton. He doesn't have the experience Braxton has. But as a returner, he has more. He was a returner for his junior college. Set records all over there. Braxton Miller is not a return specialist. I mean, he spent his whole entire life being a quarterback. And now he's a half-ass wide receiver. I love the guy. was awesome to watch in Ohio State. Has the sickest spin move against Virginia Tech that I've ever seen in my entire life. That was more of a Madden spin than anything ever. That's more Madden than actually Madden is. But this wide receiver room is arguably the most talented top to bottom. There are teams with better wide receivers than us. Odell's not the best receiver in the league. He's probably one of the most talented. You know, there's a better two-headed monster up in Minnesota with Thielen and Diggs. But after that, it's a steep drop-off. Michael Thomas, who's his, who's their second best? Ted Ginn? That's more laughable than Braxton Miller. Nuke Johnson's got uh, Fuller. Fuller's off his second or third ACL injury now, and he's built on speed? No, this this is going to be the toughest. In the NFL, this will be the most sought-after wave pickups when the 53-man hits. What I mean, there are teams all over the NFL that could use a Hyman or a Montgomery or if Ratley doesn't make it. I would assume Ratley makes it because Callaway's suspension, so he won't count towards the 53-man for the first four weeks. A couple of them are going to make the practice squad, but hell, people might come and you got to get you. This goes through a waiver wire, so a terrible, you know, the Cardinals could come and pick someone up. I, this wide receiver room is so talented. I don't question bringing in Braxton Miller. Why the hell not? Bring in all the weapons you can. Competition's king, baby. That's what it's all about. And, you know, I was talking to um, my buddies Dan and Steve, Steven, and they brought up the fact that Dernish Johnson has gotten most of the return reps and they're not really playing Sheehy a lot. I look at that one of two ways. They already know what Sheehy can bring in the return game. They've seen his film. They watched him do it in an NFL game. That's one of them. The second reason is that they've kind of just said, You're a cool story, kid. We love having you on the roster. But unfortunately, we're trying to find a better route or avenue to go down. Now, do I think it would be stupid to keep a guy just for return? No. I don't think that's stupid at all. When you become a team like the Browns with a talented roster, very talented roster, you become a team with expectations. Oftentimes, the most looked-over unit in football will win or lose you the game. Special teams. 
I think keeping Sheehy around just for returns is not crazy. One, the the team loves him. They they are motivated by him. They're inspired by him. Two, he's worked his flipping ass off to get this far. He's not here and ungrateful for it. He's grateful for every second he gets with these coaches learning new things he never got to learn at a junior college. Three, the kid can only get better as a receiver. He's not going to get worse. He's fast. He puts his nose down and works. He's smart. He's young. You, kind. It's not the same, but a Cordell Patterson plays like kind of a joker return for Bill Belichick. Not a very good receiver. I mean, Cordell's a lot bigger than she he is. But I would not be opposed at all to having Sheehy be the seventh receiver. You know, or I don't think it's plausible to keep eight receivers. I don't I don't think that's necessary. But if they were, I I don't know. I'd love to see Sheehy on the team. I don't know how realistic it is. Um, if Freddie Kitchens' mindset is, we need to win special teams. We have to win on special teams or else we won't be as good as we're supposed to. Keeping Sheehy around seems a lot more likely. Because watching Darius Johnson, he wasn't a very good returner. And I'm tired. I am absolutely tired of having guys like Jabril Peppers return for me. Yeah, they're safe. They're not going to drop the ball. Yada, yada, yada. This is 2019. We're about to have an explosive offense. Give me explosion. Do I still want them to turn around and pound the shit out of teams with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt? Yeah. But would I also like to see one go return to the house because we haven't had a returner since Josh Cribbs? Yeah. Give me Sheehy as a returner. He's fast. He's only going to get better with reading blocks and gaps. He's only going to get better as a receiver, working with the most talented receiver in the NFL. And then the second guy on the list is the most is the most hard-nosed, tough receiver in the NFL, Jarvis Landry. If you gave cornerbacks and linebackers their least favorite choice to get crack blocked by, I guarantee it's going to be Jarvis. He's dirty. Gets under your skin. He's not flashy. He makes good plays. Has sure hands. Those two can, and neither of them are super big guys. They can help Sheehy grow. Sticking on the um, special team subject. Giovanni Ruiz, Ruiz, sorry. Giovanni Ruiz on Twitter sent in a great question. Uh, said, who makes the final roster for offensive line, defensive line, kicker? Ooh. Giovanni always asks great questions for Locked On Browns. Uh, that's kind of who like made me want to start doing my own Browns podcast. I was listening to Jeff over there. Um, give Giovanni a follow, a good follow um, on Twitter. Uh, you only see Cleveland sports stuff on his timeline, so that's what we all want, but I think offensive line from left tackle to right tackle starting will be Greg, 
Um, then Greg Robinson, Betonio, we'll have JC. I think Cush will be at right guard, and I think Hubbard will start at right tackle. I don't know how long. Uh, I can very well see Chris Hubbard being traded. Kind of an expensive contract you don't need. You have Kendall Lamb. They were super comparable last year. Um, and then I think the backups that will stay on the 53-man are Forbes at left guard, Corbett at center. I think Willie Wright's going to make the cut at right guard. I really do. I really, really do. Um, I've heard nothing but great things. He's young. He's athletic. And then I think Kendall Lamb's going to be the backup right tackle. And I think um, Seton and finding Ganafo will definitely make the practice squad. I, you know, I can definitely see Willie Wright going to the practice squad and Witzman staying um, on the 53-man at backup right guard. But Witzman's not very good. I don't like him. I love Eric Cush. I... Eric Cush is super underrated. I don't know if it's because he's not a household name. PFF graded him the fifth most efficient pass blocker in the NFL last year. Joel Petonio was second, I believe. That interior three is not anything to worry about. I'm tired of hearing that we need to worry about the right guard situation. On top of us having a solid interior three, PFF has proved time and time again that left and right guard are one of the are two of the most non-important positions. What I mean by that is you don't have to have stars. You can plug and play people that are solid, average, and be fine. Now, luckily for us, we have Joel and JC, who are two of the best at their positions, just adds to the cake, and they're great leaders. I don't think anybody in the NFL can play through injury like J.C. Treader has. And I think Joel is one of the best leaders in the NFL. Uh, he connects with everyone. makes it, makes this. He teaches this O-line more than you could have ever hoped a coach could. And Eric Cush is a likable guy. Um, you saw him in the last building, the Browns, joking around about that, that shuffleboard game that they play on the table, but... No, I think Willie Wright will make that that right guard backup spot. And I could be dead wrong. I could be crazy for thinking that. Um, I've just heard nothing but good things about him. I like what I see. I really like the future at right tackle with finding Ganafo. Keep him on the practice squad, please. I really like him. And Brad Seaton at left tackle, he's been turning heads all camp. But Greg Robinson was good last year, so you have to just you have to stay there. You can't just go away from that. So that's my offensive line predictions. Um, defensive line, or should I say the lakefront? Mm-hmm. I know that ruffles a few feathers, but quite frankly, I don't give a damn. You have Miles, Larry, Sheldon, and Olivier starting. I, I've went up and down the list. I think it's going to be the best front four in football. The Bears, the Chargers, they have they have a reason to disagree. Philadelphia, I'll listen to it. I'll listen to an argument. I don't know if I'll agree with you. 
Chargers, Bosa's hurt all the time. Eagles, you guys are damn good. Eagles have done everything right. They're the perfect franchise right now in the past few years. Um, I just would, I just real and the Bears, yes, you got two very good guys. I mean, one elite, one very good. I just really think that Miles is going to be unleashed this year. Miles and Larry have basically just been worked to death these past two years. They're, they're these two horses out in the field, Miles and Larry are. They're, they're just, they got to get everything done. They got to get it done. We're on, a di- we're on a timeline. Well, one of the horse tears is bicep. Ah, stay in the game. We need you. We'll work you till you're dead. Well, the horse thinks he has a better way to get to the quarterback. But his owner says, nah, keep doing the same way I taught you. It's not the best way, but it's the way I want it done. They're working. They're slaving. They have no help. They have nobody. And down comes a light. And from that light comes Jonathan Dorsey. And he says, I see you guys working out here. I'm tired of it. He's an animal lover, apparently. I'm going to get you the help you deserve, that you've earned, that you need. See, these these are just normal pinto horses out there. I'm going to make you guys Clydesdales. I'm going to make you the finest working horses in the entire world. He says, but you guys need help. So he turns to his buddy up in New York. He says, hey, why don't you give me that stallion and OBJ and just go ahead and throw in uh, that Clydesdale uh, Olivier. I wouldn't mind him. Then he is looking, sees on the side of the road, there's a Clydesdale. Cost him a pretty penny. But he goes, hey, Sheldon, get in. We're going for a ride. He gets back to the field, and there's four Clydesdales standing there. They can't be stopped. They're not slowing down. They're getting everything done. Miles and Larry haven't even come close to their potential. Having Sheldon and Olivier beside them, it's going to make them that much better. Miles is going to be pushing with Aaron Donald. Von Miller, J.J. Watt, Khalil Mack. He's in that category, and we have him. Larry was one of the best rookie defensive tackles in the NFL. And then we overworked him. We didn't give him the oil change he needed. Now he's a car. If he's a horse, we didn't give him the proper rest he needed, the food. We didn't give him anything. Just kept working him to death. Jake Burns just tweeted a breakdown of Larry this morning. A nice, nice club rip. If he can keep doing that, and he's worked his butt off. He's in amazing shape. And Sheldon Richardson, we need him to be a dog in there. Just take those blockers. Bring them all. You're not gonna I mean, if they just stop the run. Oh, I'm all over the place. I love it. That's what we need Sheldon to do. Olivier, 
Man, he was rated right behind Miles Garrett for pass rushing efficiency last year by PFF. It's going to be the nastiest forehead and monster in all of football. And like I said in my article at Browns Access, go give them a follow while we're on it. Great stuff over there, and I'm glad to be a part of that team. I don't know why I'm yelling. I said the lakefront has a chance to compare themselves with the monsters of the midway of 84 with the 72 sacks. That you think, shut your mouth, kid, you're crazy. But then go look at it. It's not that crazy. Behind that four-headed monster, I think we'll have Zettel, Coley, Carl Davis, and Chris Smith. And I even think Chad Thomas and Lawrence are going to make the team. we got a deeper defensive tackle group than most people thought going into camp. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch Chad Thomas. He's had himself a hell of a camp. He had that neck scare. Terrifying. You hate to see it. It was nothing. He bounced back. Um... I'm excited to see what he can do. I'm really excited to watch. If if he has the IQ, I think the Ravens would be the perfect, just the perfect kind of team to really utilize him. Um, you know, he's a big, heavy defensive end. Collapse that, I wouldn't call it a pocket against Lamar. But on those run pass op- options, bring back, push that tackle back and give Lamar less of an option. I don't know. I like that story. I came up with that story as I was, I didn't even have it. I have it nowhere. I just I should probably become a storyteller. I think I get paid for that. Anyway, last one by Giovanni. He uh, said, "Who would make the kickers?" And if you follow me on Twitter, sorry if you're annoyed by it. I've been on just a couple tangents about the special teams. Greg Joseph is a fine kicker. Could he work on his extra points? Yeah. I wouldn't even mind if we don't kick an extra point off near. No one could stop us in the red zone. Come on. Good Lord. We don't even need extra points. Secondly, Greg Joseph was 85% last year getting caught up. The It was weeks three through five. I don't really remember. It was just a lot of... Anger during those weeks. A lot of field goals not going our way and going the other way. Zane Gonzalez, you asshole. Greg Joseph is fine. He's fine. And I'm going to make this point one time. Jamie Gillen's not a goddamn field goal kicker for a reason. Go look at his college stats. Awful. Awful at kicking. He's got a leg on him. He's got a lot of power. But if that were the case, there'd be a lot of more there'd be a lot better NFL kickers. But it's not. It's about any little thing can tweak it with a line in front of you, someone holding it instead of off a tee. Just cuz you can kick it 67 yards doesn't mean you're a good field goal kicker, and that's just the tee, sis. And then I didn't know if you wanted me to add the punter in, but I did. Britton Colquitt, I think will be the punter for the team. Listen, I love the Scottish Hammer. And it'd be awesome if he stays on the practice squad. Be unheard of, unprecedented, but I don't really give a damn. We're the Browns and Baker Mayfield's our quarterback. He's pretty damn unprecedented. But uh, like just like kicking, Gillen, he has a freaking leg. 
But Britton Colquitt's one of the best punters in the world because he can place it, doesn't get rattled, he still has power behind it. And most importantly is he's probably going to be a team captain again, and he's one of the most – he's a father figure to a lot of these players. He's uh, not a father figure in the sense that he's 50 and they're 20. Just they look up to him. They see how poised he is. They see how he acts as a professional on and off the field. I don't think they get rid of Colquitt. Not with a year of so much turnover. The world's team on Twitter asked me, how will Baker Mayfield, I mean, how will Braxton Miller, will he make the team? Will he improve this team? I don't think Miller makes the team, like I already said. I like to see it, and I know a lot of Ohio State fans are probably loving it. Um... You guys are, might already know this. I'm not really an Ohio State fan, but I did like watching Braxton Miller play. I just don't think he can make the cut with this many people. That's I just that's how I think it is. Hellhound at Dog Pound East. The bastard that made me spend a thousand dollars shipping over to England. No, I'm kidding. I love it. I love that I have listeners across the pond. I love that he's an active listener. I love that he won the shirt because. Oh, it's someone I actually interact with on Twitter. But he asks, who has the better secondary between Cleveland and Pittsburgh? You know, depth, talent. Um, and how does how will this overall affect the standings? I love that question because I love the defensive side of the football. Love it. Uh, you know. My first jersey for this new team, because I hadn't bought a jersey since Peyton Hillis, because I was just, I was just angry. I was bitter. I was angry at the, I was angry at the Browns. Um, but my first jersey in this new era was Denzel Ward. I love him. But anyway, let's analyze this. Cleveland starting defensive backs in a normal four-three setting, which, you know, I would venture to say we'll play a little bit more nickel than most people because. Like the Chiefs, the Browns' offense is explosive. It's dangerous. But the Chiefs don't wake up feeling dangerous because we got Baker Mayfield. And they got the ketchup-loving frog down in Kansas City. No, I'm just kidding. I respect Patrick Mahomes. He's great at what he does. Um, Denzel Ward, Demarius Randall, Morgan Burnett, Terrence Mitchell. Now we'll look at their starters. Joe Hayden, Sean Davis, Terrell Edmonds. Steve Nelson. Eh, it's pretty comparable. We have a better lockdown corner. Their best corner is Joe Hayden. Steven Nelson's close to it. It's it's hard to tell. Doesn't matter. Our best corner is Denzel Ward. He's head and shoulders better than anybody in their entire secondary. Our second best corner, Terrence Mitchell, is comparable to their best safety. I mean best corner. So at cornerback, and then we also have, you know, Greedy and TJ Carey and even Philip Gaines did okay last year. Uh, I think he was overlooked. I looked today. He had 400-some snaps, stat, snaps, was graded as a 67 on PFF, which is a, you know, better than most people get grade. Um, but between Ward, Greedy, TJ, and Terrence, I think by far you have to give the advantage to the Browns. Uh, are they young? Yes. 
will it matter whether or not we play a zone heavy or man heavy man heavy scheme? Yes. If they go out there and play 70% zone, that won't happen. That's it's way too much. I'm just giving an example. The Browns will suffer. They will suffer. If they go out there and play the most man in the entire NFL, the Browns will prosper. If by the end of the season, Greedy and Denzel are your two press man corners, and you have Miles, Larry, Sheldon, Olivier rushing the passer, where the hell are you going to get the ball to? And Joe Schobert covering the tight ends over the middle, second best coverage linebacker in the NFL. But I think this, the cornerbacks, I would give that to the Browns. Now, safety, it's... Demarius Randall, I love the player. I think he's very overrated by most Browns fans and the fan base, the city of Cleveland, etc. And by his own margin of how much money he wants for his new contract. Our starting safeties, Morgan Burnett and Demarius Randall, are very comparable to Sean Davis and Terrell Edmonds. I think the starting, I would give the edge to the Browns. You know, then we have Murray and Whitehead and Redwine, if he gets an opportunity to play at all, as subs. And they're very comparable to their backup safeties. I would honestly give the safeties a wash. I'd say their backups are a little bit more um, steady than ours. Although Whitehead's had a great camp. And OTAs. Um, I'd give the overall secondary, though, to the Browns. You know, Denzel Ward, it, lockdown corner is one of the most, if I would say it's the second to third most important position in the NFL. Data shows quarterback, defensive end, cornerback. Quarterback being first, defensive end and cornerback kind of, you know, fluctuate depending on your schematics, uh, the, the way you're Offense plays affects what you kind of want to have on defense, vice versa. Um, how I think that affects the standings is I still think the Browns finish 11-5. and I think the Steelers finish um, with anywhere between 8-10 to 10 wins. And I think that the Steelers have a chance to get the wild card. One of the wild cards. I I was really high on the Chargers. But then after Melvin Gordon and now Derwin James, I'm not very high on them. You can have Austin Eckler run 20, 30 times for you in a game and succeed. You can have Keenan Allen after he goes. What happens to Keenan Allen after he inevitably goes down after week six? He's always injured. He's always on the IR. Super talented receiver. If he was healthy all the time, he might be touted as the most... Talented, he might be touted as the best wide receiver in the NFL right now, but he's never healthy. Oh, Hunter Henry, we haven't seen much of him. ACLs can f with people's minds. That offensive line didn't get a whole lot better. Joey Bosa's hurt. Cornerbacks are still locked down. I mean, that's still a good roster, but Phillip takes one bad lick. 
Because they're going to have to pass it more because they don't have Melvin Gordon. Well, they don't have Mel- – I mean, they do have Melvin Gordon, but, you know, he won't, He doesn't want to play for the money, like, unless he gets a contract. And if you give him the contract, you won't have any money to give anywhere else. I don't know. I'm just not very high on the Chargers. And as everyone knows, I'm not very high on the Chiefs either. I think you have to have a defense. They don't have a defense. They basically just go out there and let the offense run, pass, do whatever. But I think the secondary in the AFC North is going to matter a lot between the three teams. And you might say, well, why does the secondary matter against the Ravens that we can't throw the ball? I'd agree with you full-heartedly. Wholeheartedly. Why the hell I said full-heartedly? But that secondary is going to matter when you're trying to stop that run-pass option. We're going to need Demarius Randall. That's, I think that's why you signed Morgan Burnett, a box-type safety, to get those tackles. Sheldrick Redwine was a good tackler in college. Sione Takitaki was a hyper-aggressive tackler in college. Mac Wilson wasn't. We've seen in the preseason that he was definitely brought in for his pass coverage abilities. I mean, I said when they drafted him, dude's got a lot of potential on the passing side. I don't think he'll ever be able to stop the run well. Hopefully it proves me wrong. I think Joe Schobert's highly underrated. And I think the Browns win the division. And I think maybe the last week when we play the Ravens, and hopefully we're sitting starters. It's going to matter to the Steelers whether the Ravens win or lose, which would be awesome. But I think that's all I got for today. I wanted to keep it kind of a shorter episode. Um, I don't want to go too long. I, I want you guys to listen to the whole thing. Um, yeah, I mean, make sure you give my Twitter a follow, at ChandlerAdams11. Um, go follow me on Instagram. Uh, the Go follow the podcast on Instagram. It's Lake underscore Effect Pod. Uh, I'm going to try to be more active on there. Go follow Browns Access on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, great content. I'm writing for them now. I love it. I have two. I have an article out right now, The Lakefront. I have a second one coming out soon about, well, I don't want to give it to you yet. It's one of my favorite linebackers give you that um and also go follow last word on mlb i write over there for the indians and the reds if you guys want to check out some of my articles i've wrote for them just dm me or text me and i can send you the links to those other than that if you or someone you know or someone you think would be so if you or someone you know want to you know maybe hop on the podcast um just get a hold of me i I'd love to talk to you to see if it would work out. Or if you know someone that's uh, like a media member that you think I should try and contact, let me know as well. Um, But anyway, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And that's it.